Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from Neo4j and here I am recording another Neo4j Graphistania podcast and today I've got uh, someone from the UK on the other side of this Skype call and I hope he's going to be able to hear me because we've had some technical uh, problems before uh, and that person is Philip Garnett from the University of York. Hi Philip. Hello. Hey, thank you for making the time and thank you for being here and let's hope that we don't have the glitches that we had before, right? Yeah, that's so sorry. <laughs> hey, Philip, um, I, thank you for coming online and I, 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 I'm so happy to have you here because I was reading the material that you just published uh, a little bit earlier on uh, some really fascinating uh, research that you're doing or uh, research, maybe I shouldn't call it that way. Um, we'll talk about that more. But before we do, you might want to introduce yourself to our uh, listeners. Who are you and what are you doing? What's your relationship to the wonderful world of graphs? Sure, yeah. So, yeah, my name's uh, Philip Garnett, and I'm a, an academic at the University of York in the School of Management. But I'm also affiliated to something that's called the York Center for Cross-Disciplinary Systems Analysis which is where um, there's a lot of kind of complex systems analysis and network analysis done. Um, in my day job, I suppose, I do a lot of um, mapping of organizational networks, sort of how organizations interact with people. Um, and also, I'm quite interested in mapping the relationships between data sets, so how different parts of a data set would link together. So that's how I kind of got into the, the wonderful world of graphs and uh, network databases. Oh, wow. Wow. When you, when you say complex systems, what, what, what does that mean? Is that like uh, organizational structures or, you know, how people organize themselves within uh, within a big corporation, for example, or, or what, what does that mean? Yeah, it can be. So that would that would be how I would uh, kind of interface with the, the field of complex systems. So you could think of it as a way of um, breaking an organization down into parts and it's a way of analyzing how those parts interact to sort of just um, allow you to analyze the system behavior as a whole um, but it's actually historically complex systems theory comes comes more out of biology really and it was a way of looking at how biological systems um, are, are sort of formed from the relationships between the different parts oh wow I didn't know that and, but I guess you know the, the the mapping to modern day organizations is quite a good fit for network theory and network databases or graph databases because you know organizers sort of have morphed into network structures in the past couple of decades, right? They're no no longer hierarchical; they're more network centric. Is that your experience as well? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I think um, the sort of organizational complexity has, has definitely increased. I mean, not just uh, in terms of they're no longer really hierarchical, but they're also sort of multi-sided, multi-divisioned, spread out all over the place. Um, so if you can kind of use complexity theory as a way of understanding them as interacting parts, that's, that helps. Yeah, that helps with sort of trying to work out how they function. And things like how information flows across organizations and within organizations um, can be um, mapped using networks and network analysis. Yeah. Well, but that's your day job. Um, from reading your blog post, I understand that you're a, f a fan of podcasts, more specifically the Untold podcast as well. Tell us more about that. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so um, I suppose this is uh, where the kind of day job um, leaks into the into the sort of social time or something. Yeah, so um, yeah, I got really interested in in sort of podcasts about sort of essentially unsolved mysteries or, or murders in this case, and I came across Untold, which is a, a podcast and an, an associated book actually, which is sort of important perhaps a bit later um, about the. Uh, Daniel Morgan murder investigation, which uh, Daniel Morgan was murdered in the 1980s. Um, uh, so, uh, do you want me to sort of go into how the networks got involved in in, in my reading of that book? Essentially, I, I think that that would be great. Yeah, you know, because my next yeah. question is going to be, you know, why did you get into this stuff, right? So, uh, <laughs> you know, what, what, why are networks and why are graphs uh, interesting and important to you? You know, that's my next question. So. <laughs> Sure. So, um, well, I, I, I recommend that uh, interested list, listeners um, check out the, the Untold podcast. And what they will very quickly realize is that there are a lot of organizations, but even more people that are involved in this sort of decades long investigation into, into Daniel Morgan's murder. And as I was reading the book and listening to the, the podcast, I sort of very quickly um, got essentially quite confused about all of the the people and how they interacted and the organizations that they interacted with uh, and then so being a sort of networks geek i suppose um it seemed obvious to me that the solution would be to produce a network database using neo4j that would allow me to map um all of the individuals and how they uh, were related to each other to help me essentially to follow what the story what the story was about yeah wow that's fantastic and did you you know like find any like interesting insights or was it more like keeping track of things or what, what, what did you find out while you were doing that well yeah so i was never obviously i was never expecting to to solve the crime i mean that's that's obviously not plausible but um I think for me, um, and this is where it sort of turned into what what essentially was a sort of bit of fun, really, or a way of helping me follow the story. Um, but it's now kind of turning into almost a, a, a sort of research project in its own right. It's, uh, I think it's become very interesting to look at how closely connected aspects of the um, the London Metropolitan Police are with different press organizations and sort of it would appear although i haven't quite finished mapping the entire uh, story yet but there, there was appear to be quite significant links with um so the sort of politics as well either via political organizations or people and i think that's an interesting story in itself the kind of the overlapping uh, interaction between those those three areas is i mean it's interesting in terms of today, but also it's interesting to see how significant that was um, in the context of this case. Yeah, it's amazing, right? I mean, we we've seen so many, you know, public and private uh, research cases that are starting to use this network view of the world to 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 come up with like interesting stories. I mean, the Panama Papers, Paradise Papers, but I did some I did a blog post last year about. Uh, the, the the terrorist network that attacked the Brussels airport. I don't know if you remember that. Mm. Um, yeah, that's uh, right. Uh, you know, and, and or the, the Bataclan uh, network in, in 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 Paris. 
and you know if you if you if you basically represent the same data as a list it will be difficult to find stuff out or follow it but if you represent it as a network you all of a sudden you know start to understand new things i guess um, um, fascinating right yeah that's right i think um just just reading off lists of names and who they met and in what context they met it you don't really get a sense of, I guess, what you could call the bigger picture, really. But um, as soon as you start um, mapping it as a network, you can start picking out um, significant individuals who seem to be connecting different organisations or people together, or, or highly, just highly connected um, in the context of this story. And the other thing that this story actually uh, links to quite significantly in the UK is the Leveson inquiry into press standards, which is another research project that I've been quite interested in. So there's uh, quite, a, and that was looking at the the role of um, the press and sort of uh, and the interaction between the the press and the police and the sort of passing of information between the two, and um, some some not so legal. Um, so it's yeah, so it's really interesting that when you visualize something as a network, you can kind of pick out significant actors or organizations in that in that story. Fascinating, yeah. I mean, I think the uh, the, the link between those three items, right? I mean, like a, a criminal offense, uh, the press, the politicians. You know, such a current theme, isn't it? It's very very uh, actual right now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, um, so, sure. so any any future plans on this uh, research, uh, uh, Philip? Uh, are you are you yeah, planning I, anything more? I yeah, I, I do now actually. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, it started off as a sort of personal interest, but I think um, I mean the first thing I'm going to do is obviously finish the rest of the the mapping. Um, but but I think drawing out those links between this is a sort of specific example of uh, where um, a case has brought together politicians, press and um, the police is very interesting to put that in the context of the wider debate around the Leveson inquiry in the UK. But there is actually another story that I'm kind of interested in now that has some links, I think, and that's the Stephen Lawrence inquiry and the Stephen Lawrence murder in the UK. Because I think there's an overlap between some of the actors, particularly in the police, but also perhaps in, in the political world as well, um, between this Daniel Morgan story and the Stephen Lawrence story. So I think it would be quite good fun, and perhaps in the sort of the dark evenings over winter, it might be nice to tr draw those two cases together and look at, um, and, and essentially look at how the, what the network can say about how they're linked. That would be amazing. But before you know it, you'll be, you know, drawn into it and you'll be a private investigator yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. Or I mean, my, my, my other worry is where will it end? You know, I mean, yeah, once exactly. you start unpicking these relationships, it's like, well, you know, I, I imagine there will be other stories that will be linked. Yeah. So I could end up building an enormous network database, uh, which would be very interesting to look at, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that may mean that, you know, <laughs> your day job might suffer. Uh, and I don't know if you've got any interesting plans for the future in your day job as well, using networks, net, using the F4J, or, or is that, how do you see yeah. the future there, uh, Philip? Yeah, so I, I, I use uh, Neo4j quite extensively in, in the day job. So um, hopefully, well, I, I actually intend to potentially write some research papers on this, but 
In, in other domains, we use Neo4j to map the relationship between um, things like companies and their directors. So we've done that for uh, the British banking sector. Um, so we've mapped the banks, the relationships between the banks. Um, often by the people who sit on their boards. So a bank would often have multiple um, directors and some of those directors would sit on multiple banks. And then what we've also done is extended that into looking at the relationship between banks and essentially what is usually called the real economy, which is something that isn't banking. Um, so that's another interesting use case of Neo4j in my, in my research. Absolutely. Wow. And how do you see, you know, any 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 thoughts on how how this might evolve in like the broader data industry? You know, I'm sure you use other data tools yourself as well. Uh, how, how do you how do you look at graph databases in that context? Uh, so uh, I think one of the areas that I'm quite interested in is looking at how and I think there's quite a lot of work done in Neo4j in this is um, how you can link things like document databases to store large amounts of data with then something like Neo4j to help you map and analyze the relationships between that data. And um, I think, uh, and that's, um, we do that already with MongoDB and Neo4j. But one of the, one of the kind of more longer term projects I'm interested in is uh, ways of using machine learning and algorithms to build the, uh, the links between the data automatically or at least semi-automatically. Um, so that's the kind of long-term future goal. So rather than me spending hours in the evenings typing in um, all the data manually, it'd be nice to do a lot of that automatically if we can with machine learning. So that's a sort of more long-term aim. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that that's that's something that uh, a lot of people are looking at. Uh, I mean, we've done. Yeah. We've seen a lot, we've, we've seen quite a few bit of take up on that uh, with people like TICIJ, right, doing the Panama Papers and the Paradise Papers, but also some of our partners like like GraphAware are doing these really cool um, natural language processing uh, projects uh, on top of on top of Neo4j, creating like knowledge graphs uh, semi automatically, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think cool. the more that, yeah, the more of that that we see, the better. Really, so very much really so. Exciting very area of research. Yeah, Philip, I I, I want to wrap up because, as you know, I try to keep these podcasts uh, nice and succinct, and we I will publish you know lots of links to your blog post and hopefully maybe also some of your other research um, in the transcription of the podcast. But I want to thank you so much for uh, spending some time with me tonight and uh, recording this. It's been a pleasure talking to you and uh, I hope to see you sometime at uh, Graph Connect or another event uh, that we might organize. That would be fantastic. Yeah, thank you very much. It's been, it's been really good fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Philip. Have a nice evening. Thanks. Bye.